Get ready, get ready for this pipe and hot tea. Get ready, get ready for a tea time and filter with your girl love and tea. Spin all this hot tea on this podcast street. So get ready, get ready for this pipe and hot tea. One tea time and filter with your girl love and tea. Hey, you guys, welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered. So I know it's been a few weeks and thank you guys for your patience. So you guys have been asking me to do an esoteric breakdown on the whole Gabby Petito situation. I had posted about this a few weeks ago on the Discord and a lot of people wanted a podcast. So I'm going to do it today. Um, It's just been a lot of things with this story that has not sat well with my spirit. And I feel like the rabbit hole goes very, very deep with this story. And ironically enough, today they're doing an update on the whole Gabby Petito situation. If you guys do not know, her parents are finally speaking out and they're speaking to 60 Minutes um, Australia. And so MSNBC was covering this this morning and I got a chance to watch it. So I figured this is the perfect time to do that esoteric breakdown that I wanted to do a few weeks ago on her entire situation. So before I even go there... I want you guys to go ahead and watch this news clip, and I'm going to come back with the rest of my commentary. Speaking out for the first time since learning from the Teton County coroner, the cause of their daughter's death was strangulation. Gabby Petito's parents saying they regret their trust in her fiancé, Brian Laundrie. He just seemed like a nice guy. Speaking with 60 Minutes Australia on Sunday. I worried. Um, I told her to be careful, be safe, you know, make sure... To be aware of your surroundings, Um, you know, don't trust everybody. I knew, but I felt safe because she was with Brian and I I felt like she would be okay. Outside looking in, she did look happy. But as we look more and more into this, it might not have been as, as great as people online perceived. The couple documented their road trip on social media, painting a picture of an adventurous young couple in love. But body cam video released by police in Utah revealed a very different dynamic. Petito and Laundrie told officers they had been arguing. And when asked if she had been hit, Petito said she hit Laundrie first. Where'd you hit him? I slapped him. You slapped him first? That exchange, a late clue to Gabby's family that the relationship wasn't as picture perfect as her Instagram, may have led people to believe. I saw a a young girl that needed someone to just hug her and keep her safe. I just felt so bad for her. I wish that she reached out to me. Laundry returned home to Florida without Petito on September 1st, then disappeared a few weeks later and hasn't been seen since. The manhunt to find him now entering its fifth week. Petito's family once again alleging the laundries are hiding information. I think silence speaks volumes. I believe they know probably, if not everything, they know most of the information. Steve Bertolino, an attorney for the Laundry family, called Petito's death a tragedy last week, but reiterated that Brian is not a suspect in Petito's disappearance or death. Bertolino previously stated last month that Brian's parents do not know where he is. Laundry is the only person of interest in the case. A federal warrant for his arrest alleges he committed debit card fraud between August 30th and September 1st, around the time Petito was last seen alive. He's a coward. NBC News reached out to the Laundry family attorney for a response to the 60 Minutes interview, and he declined to comment. 
The coroner last week announced Gabby's body had been in the Wyoming wilderness three to four weeks before it was discovered on September. All right, so you guys just watched that clip. So it had me thinking about what I posted in the Discord two weeks ago. And basically, a lot of things were just really disturbing me with the whole Gabby Petito case. Because at that point, it came out that she was featured in a 2013 music video for the Sandy Hook children. And the video's called I'm Irreplaceable. And the woman who wrote it ended up doing an interview with the news as well. So when that came out about this random woman that nobody knew about really until she went missing, being in the Sandy Hook music video, it kind of gave me chills. So I want you guys to go ahead and check out this interview really quick. Well, a News 12 exclusive now, a music video featuring... Well, a News 12 exclusive now, a music video featuring a then 14-year-old Gabby Petito with a profound message. It was made years ago by a Long Island singer and was meant to combat violence against children after the Sandy Hook shooting. News 12's Jackie Lucas shows us the video and spoke with the woman behind it. It's not easy getting by Living each day without you this song, titled Irreplaceable, came out after the Sandy Hook school shooting back in 2012. The music video shot right here on Long Island. The two little boys in the video, Gabby Petito's younger brothers, and Gabby also in the video holding a sign that says she's irreplaceable. And it's just ironic that she's in this video. Long Island native Deb Henson wrote, produced, and sang the song. Now, after Gabby's death, she says it has a whole new meaning. You are I haven't listened to the song in a while, and I'm listening to the lyrics and just, you know, wow, because in the lyrics, are just so fitting now, it's almost eerie to us. She vividly remembers her encounters with Gabby and her family. I don't want to sound melancholy, you know, and um, but we had a um, like a magical weekend. It was two days of filming on a Saturday and Sunday. And I just remember, um, you know, it was really hard for everybody because of the subject matter. And um, Gabby was such a bright light. You know, she was, I mean, even at 14, she was just this kid who was just really sweet and just wanted to be involved and help. Now Deb says she is dedicating her song to Gabby. She hopes it will inspire others to love and be kind and remind everyone that they're irreplaceable. I do believe what the song says. I believe things happen for a reason. And I know something big and bright is going to happen out of this eventually because this did not just happen in vain. The end is a brand new day. I'm Jackie Lucas, News 12 Long Island. It's a beautiful song. The lyrics are chilling now. If you want to watch that video, it's on our website under numbers and links. Deb says any money raised by downloading the song on iTunes or Spotify will go toward a fund to help Gabby's family. She was young. She was beautiful. She was chasing her dreams. She was excited. She was hopeful. She was in love. She wanted a partner. She wanted support. She wanted to be cherished. She trusted him. She was anxious. She was overwhelmed. She took responsibility. She was scared. She was manipulated. 
She was abused. She didn't deserve this ending. She didn't deserve the abuse. I will say her name. I will share her story. I will spread awareness. And I will use my voice because hers was silenced. Her life was stolen, but her legacy will live. hair fell around her like a halo She was an upstate New York angel without wings Her smile shined brighter than a morning sunrise Her laughter put the songbird's voice to shame When you see a butterfly or a leaping willow tree or a rainbow or a wildfire on a grassy mountain peak She's home with Mother Nature, yes she is In the heaven on this earth, that's where she lives That's where she lives, that's where she lives That's where she So you guys just watched the news clip and I also added those other two TikTok videos. As we know, this story took the world by storm. I mean, you had people literally turning into true crime detectives overnight. It was really the internet that helped crack this case. But what is it about Gabby Petito that had so many people waiting with like bated breath on her return to find out what was going to happen with her? You had people making songs. And that, the lady who made that song up about Gabby, uh, the, the last TikTok video, her voice is beautiful. You know, it's such a sweet song. But what was it about her that captivated the nation? I know some people like Joy Reid were saying this is, you know, um, missing white girl syndrome and things like that. And it's because she's blonde hair, blue eyed. She got a lot of attention, which is true. You know, and I've talked about this in my live stream that a lot of times when white women go missing, it is, you know, the world has to stop. It is national news. We all remember the whole Natalie Holloway case that was on the news for months. Elizabeth Smart on the news for months. Black girl missing in the inner city. Couldn't tell you her name. You know, it's sad, but true. But I also felt like with people be being so mystified and so entrenched in this entire situation, I kind of felt like it was pretty esoterical. Like it was something with this story that was pulling a lot of people to her. And as I started digging more into her social media page and going more into her Instagram page, I found a lot of disturbing things that really did not make a lot of sense to my spirit. And I had to keep it real. And that's why I had posted on the Discord, like, what is going on with these pictures on Gabby Petito's page? And these were the last pictures of her that she posted on her Instagram and they came off very esoterical to me. And I want to go ahead and just kind of break down what I saw and how I felt looking at these pictures on her page. And I found it very interesting because I felt like what a big coincidence this is that this same woman who is basically taking over the national headlines, everybody's concerned for her, everybody's looking for her. She also just happened to be in the Sandy Hook music video. So I found that strange. Now, what else I found very interesting is that back on September 19th, 
Her father took to Instagram and he shared a photo of Gabby Petito in front of these angel wings. They're real colorful angel wings. And basically his caption is hashtag Gabby Petito. She touched the world. So when I seen that, that kind of made my tin hat tingle because I'm like, hold up. Who else came out not even a year ago who supposedly changed the world? And I remember when George Floyd's daughter kept saying that she was sitting on top of his so-called twin, his esoterical twin, um, Stephen Jackson's shoulders. And she kept saying, my daddy changed the world. Y'all remember this video? Go ahead and check it out. All right. So you guys just saw that. So I thought it was very interesting. And I've seen a lot of people posting that on social media with Gabby Petito's pictures, even at her memorial service. You saw this picture of her with these angel wings and people writing on there. Gabby changed the world. Now, what I really found interesting about those particular angel wings that stood out to me was the fact that on those angel wings, there were two crescent moons. If you guys know anything about the two crescent moons and angel wings, it reminded me and a lot of people of the Baphomet. If you look at a picture of the Baphomet, which is a hermaphrodite goat deity, right? The devil. He's sitting in front of angel wings and there's two crescent moons. And those two crescent moons stand for as above and so below. So I thought it was very interesting that this is the picture that her father shared, just like in the Baphomet photo. So that really kind of... Gave me chills looking at that picture because that's where my mind went. I thought it was very strange that they would put crescent moons right in the middle of angel wings. And another thing that I found very interesting as well is that when I went on Gabby's page, she also had pictures of monarch butterflies. And for y'all who don't know, the monarch butterfly has a lot of significance, okay, in different cultures. For some people, they're just beautiful butterflies. You know, they float around in your garden, in Christianity, the monarch butterfly means transformation. It means there's a change coming. It could mean transforming from the physical realm into the spiritual realm, meaning somebody's going to die. It can also mean change. Maybe you're switching jobs and starting a new career. Maybe you're inventoring on a new degree. So the monarch butterfly has a lot of significance when it comes to change and manifesting change. But if you want to go really deep with it, the monarch butterfly has also been used in MK Ultra. So a lot of people talk about that, the MK Ultra programming. And that's why sometimes you see a lot of celebrities with butterflies around them and butterfly headbands and clothing and skirts and, you know, all types of stuff. And a lot of times when it's tied to celebrities, people tend to connect it to MK Ultra mind control. Look into it. And it blows my mind, but that, that's the culture. It's a culture of fear for sure. Um, you know, and, and it's a, a big culture of uh, mind control too. MK Ultra mind control rules in Hollywood. If if you don't know, Google that and look into it. So the whole butterfly symbolism goes very very deep. You guys can do more research on your own time. But what really bothered me was when I looked at her last picture. It just kind of gave me chills. And she's posing in front of this wall. And there's monarch butterflies on the wall, of course. But if you look at her caption, it's very strange. Her final caption on Earth says, Happy Halloween. And then there's a fly and then there's a jack-o'-lantern. And I mean, this would be cool because we're now in the month of October. But let's not forget, she posted this August 25th. She posted this in the summertime. Why is she wishing people a happy Halloween? 
It's October 19th right now, the day that I'm doing this podcast. It's not even Halloween now, and I wouldn't wish anybody happy Halloween on the 19th. So isn't it strange that she was wishing people happy Halloween way back on August 25th? And on top of that, if you go through her photos of that same day, there's another picture of her, and she's holding a pumpkin. It's like a crochet pumpkin. Well, where did she find this pumpkin from? There wasn't really any Halloween decorations in the store around that time. Granted, there's Halloween decorations now, and in September I saw some in the store, but I don't recall seeing many Halloween decorations, you know, in the month of August. But maybe it's an old pumpkin, maybe it's something that she's been had. I don't know, it just came out very esoterical to me. First, the picture with the so-called angel wings that reminded me of the Baphomet. Then we have her in front of this whole monarch butterfly symbolism, and she's talking about Happy Halloween. And if you guys know anything about Halloween, it's a very, very spiritual day. That's when the veil is the thinnest between the world that we live in now and the spiritual world. And a lot of rituals, a lot of things go on during the month of October, but especially during Halloween, because that is when the veil is the thinnest. So... I just found that very, very interesting as well. Now, here are some more things I found interesting concerning the books that both Gabby and her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, were posting on social media. So today's podcast is sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients, seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip the trip to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking meals easy, fun, and affordable. One of the things I really like about HelloFresh is that it's not just for meals. There's an entire marketplace that features a variety of snacks like this fall's pumpkin cinnamon rolls to get you in the mood for a cozy season. Another thing about HelloFresh is that you get a better value. HelloFresh is over 30% cheaper than the grocery stores with pre-measured ingredients that ensure that you won't spend money on excess food while saving you gas in a shopping trip. One of the things that I personally like about HelloFresh is that the food, the ingredients, everything is really easy to prepare. Whenever they send us a box, I just hand the box over to my now 16-year-old and he does all the cooking. That's how easy it is. All he has to do is look at the meal cards and follow the step-by-step step instructions. So if you want to go ahead and try out HelloFresh, make sure you go to HelloFresh.com slash SipSlow14, S-I-P-S-L-O-W-14, to get up to 14 free meals. So once again, if you're interested in this, go to HelloFresh.com slash SipSlow14 to get down with America's number one meal kit. One of the books that Gabby posted on social media was about the Zodiac Killer, which kind of creeped a lot of people out. She wrote Good Morning. In the picture, it says Zodiac. It's a book about the Zodiac Killer. But what was very interesting is a few weeks after her disappearance, the real Zodiac Killer, his identity was finally revealed to the public, which is just crazy. A California killing spree that's captivated the world for decades. Now a group of sleuths claims to have solved the case of the infamous Zodiac Killer. Yeah, get this. They think that he was a man living in Tuolumne County the whole time who died just three years ago. Reporter Renee Santos on who they now believe was responsible for the Zodiac killings. Yeah, this group also connects the Zodiac Killer to a 55-year-old murder out of Riverside, California. And we just got off the phone with Riverside police who tell us there isn't a connection. The Case Breakers, a group whose website claims to be made up of retired law enforcement and military members, claims to have cracked the code in letters. The Zodiac Killer wrote identifying the killer as Gary Francis Post, who lived and worked as a painter in Groveland but died in 2018. The group 
alleges the man is responsible for the murder of Sherry Jo Bates. In 1967, Riverside Police received a handwritten letter that led investigators to believe the murder was connected to the Zodiac. But in 2016, investigators received an anonymous letter from a person admitting what was written was a sick joke. Today, Riverside police are still investigating Bates' murder, but are not connecting it to the Zodiac killer. Meantime, police in Vallejo sent CBS 13 this statement regarding their Zodiac killer case, the 1967 murders of Michael McGow and Darlene Farron, telling us the case remains under investigation. They add they are unable to confirm or deny the validity of the reports. So you guys just heard that news clip. So what's so interesting is, like I was saying, Gabby Petito... Um, basically shared a Instagram highlight story and it says good morning on it. And then you could see some of the book and in the corner of the book, it says Zodiac. And that book Zodiac is the shocking true story of the hunt for the nation's most elusive serial killer. The book is by author Robert Graysmith and it's his investigation into California's unsolved Zodiac murder. I just find it very interesting that Gabby posted this book in her highlight story sometime in August. And then in the month of October, all of a sudden there's all this news about the Zodiac killer being found and being discovered and suppose he died three years ago. Now, the police are not confirming or denying that that was really the Zodiac killer. But this was trending a few weeks ago that the, you know, that the whole mystery had been solved. So how ironic is it that just a few months ago, Gabby was reading a book about the Zodiac killer and then this whole Zodiac situation goes viral in the month of October. I just found that to be a very interesting connection as well. So now what's also strange is that Brian Laundrie also posted his own book. And one of the books that he posted on his page was about the lullaby killer. It was a book called Lullaby by Chuck Palinwick. And so he put on his stories, you know, good morning. And then he posted the national best-selling book. Well, what a lot of people may not know is that it's not a book about singing lullabies to babies. Well, in that book, that book is another dark fiction. And it's about a man who discovers a song and has the power to kill anyone it's spoken to. He meets a woman and together they road trip across the country to destroy every copy but the main character ends up becoming a serial killer himself. You can also go on to the thesun.com. They also have this information if you're looking for it. But he was also reading a book called Rant. And that book was released in 2007. And so he wrote about that on his social media page, on his Instagram. And he says this, The fucking craziest out of all of Chuck's books on my shelf. I can't fathom how he must have written this one. I love to preach all of the insane twists and turns, but all I can say is that I'll never forget the name Rant Casey or Green Taylor Sims. Then he goes on to say, me and my fiance read this one aloud together and boy, oh boy, I can't believe some of the stuff that came out of our mouths. We always speak on this channel about the power of the tongue. I don't find this to be any type of coincidence what ended up happening to this couple. Both of these people, they're so focused on Gabby being pretty and blonde and things like that, which she was, don't get me wrong, but a lot of people are not focusing on a lot of the dark aspects of their relationship. These people were reading horror thrillers together, reading them out loud. One of them had a song, and if you sang that song, you could kill the person that you're singing that song to. 
you know, there's a lot of things that are put into there's a lot of things that are put into movies and books, and people don't understand the power that some of that stuff has. You know, again, going back to the power of the tongue, sometimes you can speak things into existence. He was even saying himself on his Instagram page that him and Gabby were reading these books out loud and he couldn't believe the words that were coming out of their mouth. You know, I'm not trying to sound like a weirdo here, but it sounds like there might have been some demonic shit amiss. I'm just keeping it real because the more I dig into this story, the more esoterical it gets. And it's very interesting because people end up missing all the time especially in the area where they found Gabby's body. There's been so many Native women who have been missing who have not made a blip on the radar, that people will never know their names, people will never know anything about them. But for this particular story to captivate the nation and for this story to go viral, it's very interesting that it has such a dark twist to it. And a lot of that dark twist are these books that both she and Brian Laundrie were promoting you know, so I just find that very, very interesting. You know, I don't know if maybe they tapped into something dark and that's what caused them to start arguing and fighting. You know, she admitted that they got physical with each other. Nobody ever suspected them of having a, a horrible relationship. Nobody ever thought he was an abuser. You know, sometimes spirits can take over people. You know, so maybe from reading all this dark stuff and, you know, invoking certain things and, and reading this damn lullaby uh, book with this killer song, maybe it invokes some type of spirit, you know, and caused him to snap. And then when he finally came to, it's like, oh, my God, what did I do? Because at this point, I think Brian really has killed himself. I don't think, you know, he could be in the woods. You know, his parents might be throwing him some breadcrumbs or something, but I really think he might have taken his own life. You know, once he's come to the realization of what he did to Gabby. But the the story just takes a really dark turn. And from what I'm seeing, a lot of people haven't really researched the story as in depth. They're just looking at what the news is putting out there. But if you really dig into their Instagram and you really dig into the things that they were kind of involved in, even some of his artwork is really, really dark as well. You know, and am I using this as an excuse for his behavior? Absolutely not. You know, my heart goes out to her. Anytime something happens to a young person, that affects me. You know, it's very heart-wrenching. Nobody should lose their life in this manner. And especially at the age of 22, she had her whole life ahead of her. So that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we have to be careful of the things that we dabble in, the energy that we put out there. Um, because, again, they've posted on their stories this lullaby book so many times and to know that there's a particular song the whole premise of the book is a serial killer and you know them singing a song and the song kills people that's just weird to me you know and I'm not saying don't read certain books and have a good time but just understand that everything is not always as innocent or copacetic as some people think some things go really deep you know, the power is in the tongue. Sometimes you can read certain things, you can recite certain lyrics, and you don't even understand that you're casting spells. You're casting energy with your words. So I think this whole situation goes very, very deep. You know, but my heart definitely goes out to Gabby Petito, to her entire family. If Brian has not killed himself, I hope that he eventually gets caught and he gets arrested. You know, at the end of the day, regardless if he was, you know, possessed or made a mistake or they just got into a fight, 
he still took a life, allegedly. So if it comes out that he's the one who did it and he goes to trial, he should get time like anybody else. The case is really disturbing, especially everything that's come out of it. And like I said, if you look at some of his artwork, it's very demonic. It's very dark. It's very twisted. He has a lot of really sinister artwork. You know, there's one with like this wolf mask, um, almost like a teen wolf. And he has on a jacket and it says sheep and he has a bloody knife in his hand and a phone, you know, so he he's a very artistic guy, but he's made a lot of dark things. But yeah, the more that you go through his page, you see a lot of dark things. And I noticed that the, the mainstream media is really not trying to talk about it. They're not really talking about lullaby and, and the book and the calling song from the book. They're not talking about um, the rant book where he was saying that him and Gabby were, you know, saying these words, they were reading this stuff aloud to each other. So I think the rabbit hole definitely goes deep. I think there's more to it. Um, there's even a picture on his Pinterest profile that has a jack-o'-lantern head, like a pumpkin head, and it has a girl next to him, and she has on a crow outfit, and it's very Halloween-esque. And again, her last message to the world was, Happy Halloween, even though it was in August. So I just find all of these so-called coincidences very interesting, you know, pertaining to this whole Gabby Petito situation. You know, everything from her posting Happy Halloween months before Halloween, her posing in front of those pictures, him posting the lullaby book about a road tripping serial killer, her posting about the Zodiac killer and then the Zodiac killer being identified, you know, in the month of October, you know, I don't know if this whole situation was a way to distract people because a lot of people got very, very caught up in the whole Gabby Petito situation. And, you know, her passing is sad. It's sad when any young person loses their life. And especially in that manner, it came back that she was strangled to death. And I know that they had her funeral. It was a lot of people that went to her funeral and things like that. But I just feel like this story goes way deeper, you know, and the fact that he's still missing does not sit well with me at all. Some people are saying that his family's helping him. He's probably hiding out. But I honestly think that he may have killed himself. And we may never know the full extent or the full story. But the whole thing is just very interesting how it played out. But at this point, I don't believe in coincidences. I don't think that all of this happened by happenstance. I think there's more to the story. And I definitely think that the rabbit hole goes deep with this whole Gabby Petito story. Especially being that it kind of came out of nowhere. You know, they were making it seem like she was like this huge van life influencer. And she's had more followers now in death than she ever had in life. So on that note, let me know what you guys think about this. Let me know what you guys think about everything. Go ahead and leave a comment. Half of this will be posted on YouTube. The other half will be posted here on the podcast. Do you feel like there's any type of validity to these connections? And do you find any of these connections to be particularly strange um, when connected to the whole Gabby Petito situation? And what do you guys think happened to Brian? Do you feel like he killed her and then he killed himself? Or do you feel like he's getting help and right now he's living in the wilderness somewhere? And how do you feel about this case in general and how much attention it got from the national spotlight? So let's go ahead and get the discussion popping. Once again, thanks again for tuning in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. I'll talk to you later. Deuces. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.